Morning prayer begins on page 3. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 123 and Psalm 124 begin on page 503. Unto thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, even the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, even so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, till he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are utterly despised. Our soul is filled with the scornful reproof of the wealthy, and with the despitefulness of the proud. If the Lord himself had not been on our side, now may Israel say, if the Lord himself had not been on our side, when men rose up against us. They had swallowed us up alive, when they were so wrathfully displeased at us. Yea, the waters had drowned us, and the stream had gone over our soul. The deep waters of the proud had gone even over our soul. But praise be the Lord, who hath not given us over for prey unto their teeth. Our soul is escaped. Oops. Our soul is escaped even as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken, and we are delivered. Our help standeth in the name of the Lord, who hath made heaven and earth. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here we go to the eighth chapter of the book of Judges. Now the men of Ephraim said to him, 
Why have you done this to us by not calling us when you went to fight with the Midianites? They reprimanded him sharply. So Gideon said to them, What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abizar? God has delivered into your hands the princes of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb. And what I was able to do in comparison with you. Then their anger toward him subsided when he said that. Gideon came to the Jordan. He and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Succoth, Please deliver, give us loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalumna, kings of Midian. The leaders of Succoth said, Are you the hands of Zebeth and Zalumna? Now in your hand that we should give ready bread to your army. So Gideon said, For this cause, when the Lord has delivered Zeba and Zalmuna into my hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Then he went up from there to Penuel and spoke to them in the same way. The men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered. So he also spoke to the men of Penuel, saying, when I come back in peace, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalmuna were at Karkor, and their armies with them, about 15,000, all who were left of the army of the people of the east. The 120,000 men who drew the sword had fallen. And Gideon went up by the road of those who dwell in tents on the east of Noba and Jogdoha, and he attacked the army while the camp held secure. Zeba and Zalmuna fled, he pursued them, and he took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmuna, and routed the whole army. Then Gideon the son of Joash returned from battle from the son of Furies, when he caught a young man of the men of Succoth and interrogated him, and he wrote down for him the leaders of Succoth and its elders, seventy-seven men. And he came to the men of Succoth and said, Here are Zeba and Zalmuna about whom you ridiculed me, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmuna now in your hand, that we should give bread to your weary men? He took the elders of the city, and the thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. Then he tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. And he said to Zeba and Zalmuna, What kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? And so they answered, As you are, so were they. Each one resembled the son of a king. Then he said, They were my brothers, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I would not kill you. So he said to Jether, his firstborn, Rise, kill them. But the youth would not draw his sword, for he was afraid, because he was still a youth. So Zeba and Zalmuna said, Rise yourself and kill us, for as a man is, so is his strength. So Gideon arose and killed Zeba and Zalmunna, and took the crescent ornaments that were on their camel's neck. Then a man of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son, and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I would make a request of you that each of you would give me earrings from this plunder, for they had golden earrings, because they are Ishmaelites. So they answered, We will gladly give them. 
and they spread out a garment, and each man threw into it the earrings from his plunder. On the way to the gold earrings that he requested were 1,700 shekels of gold, beside the crescent ornaments, pendants, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, and besides the chains which were around their camel's neck. And Gideon made it an ephod and set it up in the city Ophrah. And all Israel played the harlot with it there, and became a snare to Gideon and his house. Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel, so they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was quiet for forty years in the days of Gideon. Then Jerubbabel, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had seventy sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. And his concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, whose name he called Abimelech. And Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a good old age, was buried in the tomb of Joash's father, and Ophrah and the Abizarites. So it was, as soon as Gideon was dead, the children of Israel again played the harlot with the Baals, and made Baal Bareth their god. Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. Nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerubbabel Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. Here endeth the first lesson. Together, Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here we are to 26, verse, the 8th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke's. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he give in a, live in a house, but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. It had seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. They begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. And the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Those who fed them saw what had happened. They fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus, 
and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also who had seen it told them, by which means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, but they received with great fear, and he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house, and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Here ended the second lesson. Together, Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O eternal God, through whose mighty power our fathers won their liberties of old, grant we beseech thee that we and all the people of this land may have grace to maintain these liberties in righteousness and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all, and uh, happy 4th. Um, today, being the 4th of July, gives a kind of opportunity to reflect on the idea of freedom. And it, as you read through, as you read through these, this narrative of the Old Testament, re, really all of the Bible <clears throat> is really um, revolves around the theme of freedom. What does it really mean to be free? Um, and, and I think there is a presenting idea that to be free means to do whatever the heck I want to do, and no one can tell me otherwise. But the, the truth of the human condition is that um, everybody uh, um, serves something. There's not really a, a, a sort of neutral state of freedom that, that stands in opposite of a state of captivity to something. There is, I serve one thing or I serve the other thing. Um, Bob Dylan had an old song said, you, know, you gotta serve somebody in this brief Christian phase. But um, so in the in this in the um, in, in this Christian idea, the freedom then is the freedom to to serve God, and in serving God, that is, in li which means in living in relationship to God, <clears throat> the Father uh, in Christ through the Spirit, we are free to act out of that um, identity and relationship, our baptismal identity who we are, and not in reaction to the things that are around us. And essentially, captivity is to not have that freedom, to, to have something else determine how we behave. And so freedom can be understood as, as um, even when we are in circumstances where life pressures us or we have tension, we're not where we want to be, we can still be free to act in relationship to God and Christ, act out of our Christian identity. This is really where the um, New Testament ideas of, of, you know, love your enemy and, and do good to those who, who hate you and, and don't repay evil with evil but with good is that you're not going to allow what somebody else does to drag you into their behavior. You're free to be who you are in Christ. It doesn't matter what anyone else does. And to the degree that we've not reached that freedom, which none of us have perfectly reached that freedom yet, we're working on it, uh, we still have some captivity. So if we look at our lessons today, we see this in the Psalms, um, where, where clearly the psalmist is always articulating the freedom of, of relationship to God in terms of dependence. As the eyes of a servant look under the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden under the hand of her mistress, even so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. And then freedom is our soul, um, you know, praise be the Lord, I have not given us over for a prey unto their teeth. It is God's protection and deliverance always that keeps us free. And if we drift away from that faith that trusts there, 
and that we drift away from that, that's how we become captive to other things. And we see this in the in the Judges story where, you know, the, the theme of Judges is fairly consistent. Israel has a great deliverer who wins a great battle and then the deliverer goes away and Israel digresses back into idolatry and all the bad habits and not serving the Lord becomes captive to other things and serving the other things uh, they they experience all these negative consequences. We've had this deliverance by Gideon who who sets them free. A couple of interesting things in the story. Um, you know, the, the punishing of those who did not offer sustenance to the weary battle. These are very serious offenses in the ancient world. I think they'd be serious offenses for most armies in the modern world, too. But, um, you, you know, the lack of hospitality and lack of provision for a weary army um, was punishable. And so two, two cities got uh, a negative consequence for, for having for having not been um, hospitable to the army in, in, in his time of need. We should note there's the juxtaposition there, though, in the New Testament where Jesus talks about forgiveness, that where there's this that's the um, thing that these cities deserved. And often in our relationships with life, people treat us in a certain way that they deserve a kind of vengeance. But now in the full light of the kingdom, in this interim period before Jesus comes and judges all in the full light of day, we're not now supposed to respond in, you know, with strict justice, but to not repay the, the, the evil with the, with, with strictly getting our everything we want out of it, but to, to let things go and let God judge in his good time. So there is a distinction there between Gideon's attitude towards the cities that, that, that were not, that didn't give him what they should have and what should our, our attitude should be in life where we're treated unjustly, we should let let God's justice take take its effect in its good time. And we notice at the end of, of the story, though, that Israel got delivered and then regressed again immediately into idolatry. And this is the problem with, with that idea of freedom. The freedom we have in, in Christ must be maintained by continual relationship to him and vigilance. And we always have to be aware of, of, of the enemies that creep in on us. In the New Testament, Jesus in, in Luke's gospel, we've been cycling through a number of stories that show Jesus' power over various things. You know, he calmed the sea. We talked about that being um, a, a, a show of his power over both the forces, you know, the forces of evil, because water had that kind of sense of the abode of, of, of the, um, you know, of, of the beast of the sea. But he, he could talk, he could command nature, it obeys him. He, he commands sickness and it goes. Here he commands a legion of demons to go in and, and, and they run down the swine. There's a whole backstory there of these are, of course, the pigs were unclean and to, to the degree that they were kind of marginally associated with Israel. These people might have been in, engaged in economic activity that was profitable, but not, shall we say, kosher. Uh, and it's interesting they tell Jesus to get away because he just, uh, visited some economic catastrophe on them by killing hurt uh, uh, by by this you know herd of, of swine dying in the water they can't be sold or eaten anymore so they kind of want Jesus to go which is interesting there's not a who are you come tell us more it's we don't want any of this because you're you're disrupting the economy but he leaves the man there to go tell them all the things that God has done for them which is interesting so it doesn't 
lead that region to immediate repentance, the fact that Jesus has set free this man who's always been crazy by the tombs all his life. But for us to kind of sum it up, then in the spiritual life, the various enemies, the visible enemies, we must never mistake a visible enemy for the real enemy. And that's what happens sometimes in our world where people mistake a visible enemy, whether it be someone you have an adversary or you're in an adverse relationship at work, whether it be a political foe, whether it be with the enemy. And in the, in the spiritual life, the enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are called the enemies of the soul. And when we fall into captivity, we fall into captivity because we get hooked by one of those. Um, either, you know, covetousness of, of the world or the appetites of the flesh or or the, 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 the temptations of, of the devil tend to be the ones leading us into despair and to, to, to a lack of faith and to giving up and that kind of thing. And often they work together. So in the spiritual life, to maintain our freedom, we have to continually cultivate our life for prayer and continually stay connected, you know, as uh, looking to look to that Lord and with those eyes of faith and living in relationship with him. And we're truly free then when nothing else can determine how we behave, uh, not the world, not the flesh, not the devil. We, we're, so we're free in Christ, so nothing provokes us to sin or anger. And we may, and that doesn't mean we're free from suffering or pain or difficulty or struggle, but even in those conditions, we can be free because we have this life that nothing in this world can touch. And that life has a telos, a horizon beyond this world that we always hold, hold uh, firm to uh, through our faith in Christ. So a few thoughts about today's theme and lessons. Continuing the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in the unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, 
but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. 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 Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech thee that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of thy favor and glad to do thy will. Bless our land with honorable industry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogancy, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties and fashion into one united people the multitudes brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. Endue with the spirit of wisdom those to whom in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In the time of prosperity fill our hearts with thankfulness, and the day of trouble suffer not our trust in thee to fail all which we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. Have a good 4th of July. Thank you, Happy Peter. Thank you, Scarlett. Uh, happy 4th, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, happy 4th of July. <laughs>